Hello. Hello, Eloise. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Well, and I hope everyone out in podcast land is, yep. is doing well. Today we're going to pick on a, a little bit of a heavy topic when it comes to manipulation, which is guilt. So mm-hmm. kind of work with, uh, you know, it, uh, if you really think about guilt, and this is, uh, you know, the first person who told me this was Esther Veltheim, that guilt is fear and the cowardice to do anything about it. And as soon as I heard that, I went, of course, right? Of course. Guilt is fear without the cowardness of doing anything about it. With, 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 with the cowardice. So fear plus the cowardice to do anything about it. Mm. Right. So as soon as we're afraid, um, to simple things like I don't want to take my child's iPhone away because I feel guilty. Yeah. Um, Not that you should do that. That's punishment. But I'm just using things that people say that they feel guilty about, which means the cowardice to do anything about it. I don't, I am not, not saying that you would necessarily be taking the iPhone away. Yeah. Um, but it's the cowardice to step up and, you know, kind of work through some of the things that um, we talk about on the podcast, which, you know, is, are we manipulating ourselves to think that is the only um, solution to the problem? Mm. I think I've brought up once that, you know, when a child is, has a problem in the family, um, maybe the whole family dynamic needs to change. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, dieting, you know, if a child is not uh, eating properly in the family, maybe the whole family dynamic needs to change. Um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you, sometimes a, a woman, and I say more often it's a woman, but so do men do this. They feel more impotent in a relationship. And the the person who feels more impotent actually has more control in the relationship. You know, I'm the doormat. Yeah. I'm where everyone steps on. Well, you know, if you pull a doormat, everybody who's standing on it falls down. <laughs> <laughs> if you can pull it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you say if if you can volunteer? Is that exactly what you said? What about no I said if you can move the doormat if you if can you pull can, it well, depends how many people are stood on it <laughs> but in a way the doormat is always moving they're a moving target right yeah they're constantly moving right so when you're talking to someone who is guilt ridden right filled with guilt they feel impotent they they won't take responsibility they won't stand on their own two feet. They're much preferred to be in the doormat position. So they're constantly knocking everyone over like um, uh, bowling pins. Yeah. And you, it's, it's, I see a moving target because you're trying to, to have a conversation with someone who feels guilty, but the guilt is 
constantly um, moving them around. That yeah. I'm following my guilt, so I'm not going to do this because of that. Well, I didn't take responsibility in that situation because you, blah, blah, blah. Right? So as soon as I say, okay, Eloise, um, what's a circumstance we could use for us? Uh, yeah. Eloise, um, uh, we're supposed to do this podcast uh, at at 10 a.m. and you weren't there so um uh, i couldn't uh, i couldn't get my stuff organized so now i'm blaming you mm-hmm. i feel too guilty to take responsibility and you know mm-hmm. let's say well why don't you go on yourself terry yeah. and start the conversation no but oh, we're supposed to do it together oh. right <laughs> or what or phone me and remind me or <laughs> phone me remind good great so sorry it cuts out a little bit so yes phone me remind me well you're supposed to know right so it's this constant moving target you can't get the person to stand in a position and take responsibility because they'll think i'm being blamed for something and i i need to escape that blame because i'm too much of a coward to take responsibility for my inaction yeah right so great great example that you gave great example (laughs) the bird you won't believe my bird's going for coffee and he wants to bite me because i'm not giving him coffee (laughs) he's having withdrawal symptoms yes so you know there's a good one right feeling guilty that the bird is upset with me because he wants coffee and then i give it to him then he gets sick right and then you feel guilty again. These are ridiculous things that we all do in some way. Yeah. Now, I'm sure everyone out there is going, no, I don't do that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't do, you could say I don't do it. This is another piece I wanted to bring up today was that we have a dark and light side. And if we don't uh, take into hand, let's say, that our dark, terrible side um, and our, you know, side that we think is really good um, and think that I could only live into my good side and only do good things. Mm. Likely you are mistaken. I would almost guarantee it if you don't know your own potential for evil. Mm. Right. So, so if, so saying that, oh, Eloise, it's your fault we weren't on. And you say, but Terry Ann, you could have called me to remind me. Yeah. And I say, no, it's your obligation to remember because I'm unloading my guilt on you. Yeah. And, and yet so it's to- insane in the first place because like people forget things do you know what i mean well now you're justifying your action but you're justifying your action you don't need to no you're clear on your side as well yeah okay but on your side let's say you're not triggered it's like well terrianne i forgot you could have reminded me you're clearly taking responsibility you don't need to say terrianne i take full responsibility for you for forgetting you are clearly 
taking responsibility. So let's keep that. I mean, once you start getting triggered and I'm triggered, we're in big trouble, right? (laughs) You know, that's why we're going to have all these, you know, difficulties that end up happening in relationships because you could feed into me. Yeah. You know, you could feel guilty and say, oh my goodness, I forgot. And uh, you should have reminded me. And now you're dumping your guilt for forgetting onto me, which of course happens. That's what people do. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we do. We're we're just constantly dumping. But we're looking at, I want to look at you as the healthy person for a moment. And the one who goes, well, I forgot. Yeah. I, I have no excuses. I I clearly am stating I forgot. Mm -hmm. So a suggestion to you, because I'm, you know, it would be implicit that I'm going to forget because you do woman, right? But you don't need to even say that to me. It's like, well, (laughs) next time this happens, if you would give me a buzz. Yeah. And give me a call, right? Let me know. Send me an email. Mm Mm-mm. That, that would be clear on your part. But I could keep going through, oh, my God, you know, Eloise expects me to do everything. She expects me to do this and that. Oh, so demanding. <laughs> so demanding. Uh, um, so my own inability to, well, to speak honestly yeah right so your response is an honest one it's a clear honest response you can feel it yeah because don't forget some people will say i don't remember and it's dishonest so someone who okay uh, yeah who 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 hurts you repeatedly yeah repeatedly repeatedly and you say well You know, I need to end this friendship because uh, I've tried all these different ways to have a relationship with you and we can't discuss anything or we can't get past um, this sort of, I'm not sure where it's coming from in you, but you're saying nasty things to me. You're talking to me in a nasty way. And you don't give me an honest answer. And when I ask you about it, uh, 10 minutes later, you say you forgot. Mm. Now I'm giving you a true story, actually, that actually occurred with uh, a friend of mine. I mean, there's been many times where I'm talking about this doormatting peace and guilt. I've lived it. I had to work through it. My own guilt my own sense of um, must be something wrong with me that this person is behaving this way. Or um, I've had several conditions where um, I've had actual, uh, well, clients who became friends, you know, uh, which is a no-no. You should never do that. But, you know, in our field, it's a little bit weird. You end up seeing people really often, uh, especially when I was a tarot reader. This is when it happened, not really when I had a practice in my home or in my office, excuse me. But uh, when I was working outside, you know, people would be around, you know, wherever I'd go to lunch, they'd be there. You know, you'd end up 
uh, talking to people outside and they, you would have a sort of friendship. Uh, but uh, that ended up being problematic because the friendship was based on me doing tarot readings. Yeah. So they would ask me, and I've had this several times, they would ask me, am I overdoing it? Am I going overboard with you? Tell me when I'm taking advantage of you. Now I took that as face value. They yeah. didn't really mean it. And they obviously didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or like really interesting things like um, uh, one girl, I said, I'm really tired. We got to stop. I think she had been asking me questions mm. for like two hours while we were sitting having coffee before I went to work. And I said, I really need a break from this. I have to go to work now and do this all day long. Can we just talk about something else? And she got mad. Wow. Yeah. And never spoke to me again, but had increasingly, you know, tell me, tell me when it's too much. And I'm like, well, it's too much now. And wow. Uh, it was over. So it was, so it's that moment of, okay, I know that I felt guilty in many ways to stop doing it, but I had reached my, my limit and it was like, okay, well now I can say it's enough. I'm done with mm. this. And the moment I did, boom. Uh, another, another person, same thing occurred, uh, but I was going through a very hard time. And uh, they got mad at me for how I dealt with it. I'm like, mm. but I am completely overwhelmed by many things that are going on in my life. And no, I'm not going to handle it well. And then she just told me, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, now that explains everything. I said, well, that's not quite a good enough reason. It's what I understand is why you think that I should behave in a particular way. And that really puts a strain on our friendship. If you think that when I'm overwhelmed, I'm going to be polite about it. When I'm, you know, upset and grieving and that I'm going to turn around and treat you uh, better than myself. Yeah. You're, you're a friend. You don't like it. Okay. Um, I don't criticize your way of treating me. Yeah, because there's a language. And also because you're you're going through something. You're having yeah. a difficult time. And yeah. I can have compassion for it. And I can tell you when. Uh, and here's my moment. Fine. It's an interesting thing with extremists like myself where, you know, you can, you can, you know, dip into my pool and, and use up my energy a lot. But when it's over, it's really over. Yeah. Like if I, I can't do it, it's, it's like it's done. But it takes me really long. It could take five years. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, no, because you never know when the moment will come where I won't have the strength to deal with the, the person and everything else I'm dealing with in my life. Yeah. And you as a friend who's been sitting there, um, you know, using up all your energy, reacting, you know, in horrible ways. And I went, okay, I see you're reacting in horrible ways. I know this is a difficult time for you. It's not personal, um, yeah. It, it, it's, it has nothing to do with me. It's all about you. And then the moment I'm reacting, it has 
now you've got to control my behavior. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's fascinating. So uh, I think that's been one of the hardest things for me personally is to, um, to sort of, I guess, stand up for myself in a, in a friendship um, without sort of reaching my nth degree. Because I, I always look at it and go, am I doing too much now? Mm. Am I doing too little? Am I, you know, have I gone overboard? So, so I'm always estimating within myself. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, it's like it's enough. Uh, if you read, if you listen to Lane Aaron, she talks about HSPs, you know, just losing their temper all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's because they're, they're, you're just overstimulated. Yeah. And yeah, it's not fun, but you, you have to take you have to take care of it. So, okay. So bringing all that together, I'm giving a very personal stories here, but I think they, they're, they're good stories to understand that, well, there's a fine line between being a doormat and I'm a pretty strong person. I can take a lot. Uh, people can dump a lot on me and I can take it. Uh, and I find ways to deal with it on my own. As I age, I can't deal with it as much. Yeah. That's fascinating. Uh, so is it age? Is it, uh, you know, wisdom? Where I don't want to anymore. I don't really want to sit and uh, listen to people's problems where before. Uh, likely a lot of it was connected to, I need to do this to have a friendship. This is what people do in a friendship. Yeah. So you can imagine there I was in a way like a doormat. And then the moment I couldn't do it, I pull the doormat away and they topple over. Mm. So in a way, um, I mean, I'm not making the clearest stories, but I'm sure people can relate in some way that if I was always saying yes, and then all of a sudden said no, they <gasps> might feel though the, the mat <laughs> Or the rug has been yeah. pulled out from under them. They're relying on you. Um, relying and, and maybe I didn't recognize the reliance. or Because these two examples I'm giving you are people who've told me, when I go overboard, tell me. Mm. It's like, hey, it took five years, but now I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't want, no, you, you know, you didn't give me a description of exactly how I'm supposed to tell you you're going overboard, you know, let's write a contract or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's one thing. Now, the other one is when now I, I always examine these stories in my life to see, am I doing this in at the present? It gets very complex because how many, am I living because this is my natural way of doing things? You know, is this just, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, extreme in many ways. I'm extremely out there in the world and then I'm extremely secluded. Um, I give my all even in these podcasts. Yeah. You know, I, I give so much energy when I'm doing it. And uh, it's tiring. Like you, you get to the end of the podcast, it's really hard to get back to doing sessions and work, right? So that's why we've kind of shortened them. Uh, too, because it's like, well, how much can I put out there when there's really nothing coming back in, right? We don't have 
yeah. we don't have a paying website or people making payments or donations that kind of thing would be nice if you did but but you um, can always leave your email at com. exactly um which helps too or just you know tell people about it which uh you know contributes uh, mm. So, so we're we're always looking for a way to moderate that as well. So, I, I guess what I'm saying is to have the courage to um, really be in service to oneself, and that takes courage. When we are not in service to oneself, we are in service to guilt. Mm. So, we're, so we become self-serving. So you get this person feeling guilty and they're a constant moving target. You can't pin them down. That's how I see it. That imagery is like, my God, I can't pin you down. I, I don't know what you think. I don't know uh, what you want. I don't know um, where you stand. I don't even in any because we don't stand in the same place in any given moment. Yeah. My boundaries right now won't be my boundaries next week. So, you know, today I may be able to give, you know, half an hour's worth of energy and next week I might give an hour. I don't I don't know. It's it's not about it's not about um making a a, a confined boundary. It's about uh, where is my boundary today? You know, where does it stand? It's just like, how much food can you put in your tummy? You know, oh, I'm a little <laughs> bit hungry. You just have a little bit of food. And you're very hungry. You have a little bit more food. It's not the same. It's not always the same. You could have missed a meal. You could have exercised way more than usual. So just as food is not always the same, uh, liquid water consumption isn't always the same. Uh, how much you exercise isn't always the same. Yeah. So why would what I do with you be the same? Wouldn't be. No. So now in that, within that idea that my boundaries are different, I need to be stating where I'm at in a particular moment. If somebody doesn't, they feel guilty and they're always trying to fulfill you. You never know what's going on. Yeah. They might react vengefully towards you. You know, passive aggressively. Yeah. Their guilt will you know, I, I like the analogy that Jordan Peterson uses, which is, you know, pick up your own GD cross, right? Your own goddamn cross and bear it. And what we like to do is pick up somebody else's cross and bear it so mm. that we don't feel guilty, which is really, there's the, the dark side coming out and we don't realize we think we're being good, but that's not what good is. How do we know what being good is? Yeah. You know, what is goodness? It's, it's, a, it, it's really a combination of everything we've talked about through these podcasts. But one of them is, well, I'm not, I'm not good and I'm not bad, but I know I have both within me. And it's really easy to, to go into resentment. I do everything for my children. I'm such a good person. Yeah, no, that's really ugly that you just said that. 
right? I do everything for, for my children. I'm always taking care of them. I'm always, well, yeah, why do you think that's even good? You know, yes. and, and people will sit around and say, oh, she's so good, such a good mother, such a good mother. I do this for my kids, I do that for my kids. What are you talking about? Why is this good? Is, is that what makes goodness? Hmm. And then the minute your children don't behave the way you want them to, right away it's, look at, I do everything for my children and they're so ungrateful. Yeah. Well, now, what's that all about? It's I'm doing for you so I'll get something back. I do for you so I'm, it's like your, your God is guilt. And that, that has to be in and of itself evil, right? Yeah, that's just mad. <laughs> has to be in and of itself evil. If, if I think guilt is God, it's what leads me. It's the place I come from. Uh, it's going to come from cowardice, a lack of responsibility, because I'd be too cowardly to take responsibility. Mm. Yeah. Have you frozen or are you thinking? A little bit, yeah. I'm just <laughs> there are just too many I'm just feeling all the concepts. Yeah, are, are I think I was doing the same. Right, because it's it's so complex how we operate from this place of fear and the cowardice to do anything about it. And usually the mind sets in and says, well, you should just stand up for yourself. You should have a discussion about it. Actually, no, that, that could be one of the solutions once you get there, but your primary uh, target is to be uh, brave enough to start to face yourself and say, no, I do have this resentful, jealous, um, fearful side that takes me over and I'm too much of a coward to kind of say, okay, there's my fear. Let me step over it. Yeah. You know, there, there've been extremes throughout history. It's so interesting themes in life. You know, there was a time where uh, it was spare the rod, spoil the child, right? It's like, what? And now it's, you know, everything is for the child and the, the child doesn't take responsibility. Well, it can't be either of those, can it? It's no. got to be, I am, I am taking responsibility for my own actions. I'm no longer this moving target because the moment you try to communicate with me, I'm jumping to the next excuse or reason why it's your fault or someone else's fault for that matter. Because I can't deal with my own, my own fear of uh, the yeah. fear of being responsible for my actions, the fear of being responsible for my life, fear of being responsible for this thing that I live in. Yeah. Right. I'm living in this body that has certain ways of dealing with the world that, you know, don't necessarily have anything to do with my volition. Yeah. You know, you can have, a, you know, I, I notice my character is extreme. Okay. Is that ever going to go away? Do I need to cure that? No, but I need to get a handle on how to take care of it. Okay. I am going to go to extremes. All right. Okay. So. Nope. Deal with it. 
would I, would I, yeah, deal with it, take practical action. Or this whole HSP, high sensitive person. It's not, a, often people take the word high sensitive person, I notice, and they turn it into victimhood. Mm. Right? It's like, yeah. uh, oh, you yeah. know, now I have this thing and I know I have it because I've read all the symptoms. Um, and it seems that's the way I am. Like, I find it really interesting how uh, people conclude really quickly. It took me a long time to conclude I was HSP. It took me a really long time. Uh, I had so many doubts. I'm like, but no, but there's this, but there's that. Like, uh, you know, why was I able to be surrounded by so many people? And it took a long time to sort of break it down and go, oh my God, you are overstimulated. You just had different ways of handling it. Like the end of the day, if I was surrounded by many people, well, I would uh, drink a bottle of wine yeah. and it would calm my nerves down. Uh, or I would um, eat too much or I'd start mm -hmm. to crave sugar. And I, it took me a long time. It took a year for me to start noticing because my first thought was, no, you're not because you can be surrounded by a ton of people. I can see some symptomatology that I might be HSP, but I don't believe it because it's not verifiable throughout my life. It took a really long time to notice, oh my God, look at the things that you have done to mm. deal with your overstimulation. Yeah. The ways in which you've done it. So, um, yeah, it's very, very interesting how that overstimulation uh, works. And it took a long time. Am I overstimulated to really understand what a high sensitive person is? So we've been talking about manipulation. And there's another way I've noticed, you know, since I brought up a high sensitive person that, you know, a lot of people tell me, oh, they're high sensitive and they use it as an excuse to dramatize things. Oh, it sounds funny, but it's actually yeah, something I've right. noticed quite a bit. Just feel true. You know? yeah. Right? Oh, I'm like that. I'm like that. I'm like that. And I usually think somebody who's so quick to identify themselves as something must either be completely ignorant of who they are, or um, they're so aware of who they are. So, so aware. Yeah. So, so you know, when I when I first heard Terry and I think you might be high sensitive, I went, I watched the videos one time, two times, three times, read the book, went on and on. And I was like, I, I don't think so. I just don't think so. I had so many uh, observations of myself. And then mm -hmm. it started to dawn on me what it really meant. What what was going on and it really unraveled a lot of difficulties that I did have in my lifetime and then brought in practical action hmm. so those of you out there who think you're high sensitive study yourself a bit and see exactly how it's going to help you to know that yeah. you don't want to know a new label that you can just use to dramatize uh, the way you are <laughs> Or to some people I noticed misuse the um, the term. Uh, there's one person who uses it as kind of an eight. They say high sensitive person, but I notice I think they're saying ESP. 
instead extrasensory perception that's oh, yeah. yeah that's what they tend to do i'm the high sensitive person so i'm really sensitive to everything that's going on around me i'm picking up things i'm you know hearing more things that's not high sensitive high yeah. sensitive is the overstimulation of the senses hsp they haven't proved yet uh, esp they haven't proved yet in our <laughs> genetics right? you know, we know we have a, a, a second uh, sense meaning you know physical and subtle senses and everyone has them at a varying degree yeah and you could say the subtle senses are picking up things but it's really the overwhelm uh from the the stimuli that's coming in and there are ways to handle it there are ways to take care of it mm. and if you haven't gotten to the ways to take care of it maybe you're just uh, using it as another manipulation to make the drama queen or the um the part of you that feels too guilty maybe to even take care of yourself mm. or to be in service to self. Oh, I can't be in service to self because I'm oversensitive. But what? Of course you can. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guilt can play a lot of uh, role in manipulation, even in this case. You know, I feel too guilty to get a handle on my life. I am too much of a coward to actually take the time uh, it needs to take care of uh, whatever you think is going on with you. Yeah. And you get to manipulate everyone around you. Yeah. Right? So I'm HSP. I go and take care of it. Uh, I also have misophonia, which is the, you know, those sounds that you have hatred for, like chewing sounds, that oh. kind of thing, little noises, mostly, you know, noises people make. And uh, some people try to get the whole world to conform to their problem. <laughs> I know, it's, it's true. Like, it, you can't stand the sounds, so now you're going to get everybody else to what? Stop eating? Yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly going to work, right? Instead of you figuring out the ways you're going to deal with it in yourself. Mm. And, you know, getting mad at everyone. I know somebody might be listening to this who knows what I'm talking about. And <laughs> we both know it. You know, it, it, it is really aggravating. It's, it's a terrible, terrible... Um, it is a terrible thing to to go through misophonia, but you still have to figure out ways to take care of it. If you don't, it's your own guilt. Mm. Your own fear plus the cowardice to do anything about it. Yeah. And I'm gonna blame everybody else. There's the the submissive, the apparent submissive. I'm submitting to all of your chewing noises, right? <laughs> pulling the carpet, pulling that rug out from everyone else yeah instead of no i'm going to uh be in service to self which is clear i have an issue whether it's hsp misophonia pain whatever you get up and you deal with your stuff 
One of the things Elaine Aaron said about HSPs is that if you have a child that's an HSP, it might be a little bit sad because the minute you discover your child is HSP, you might notice that they can't go to parties uh, like you can. Can't go to dinner the way the rest of the family does. And I thought, okay, I would really be careful about that. Um, They may not be able to socialize that way exactly, sure. Uh, but there are other ways, you know, you can relate as a family. And, um, and the, the fine line between succumbing to, uh, to the child's needs or everybody supporting the, the child to do the very thing they need or the child kind of taking it on their, you know, being responsible, saying, no, I'm overwhelmed, I need to... Um, yeah to deal with it, that goes back to this idea that if the family has been manipulative, you can take any of these aspects, and I'm sure people can feel this within themselves, that they will manipulate once they discover something about themselves. Mm. Right? They'll manipulate uh, others to kind of conforming to their needs. It's such a fine line, right? You could have parents who force their kids to do things, which means the parent themselves force themselves to do certain things they don't want to do. Yeah. Or they think that their way is just fine and everybody should do it. One side fits all. Yeah. Right. And then the other side is once I recognize something, am I now feeding into the child as though they have a disability and now the child gets to use it? Yes. (laughs) When actually it's so amazing how cowardice and fear work right just mm-hmm. so, so if, you know the only thing I could find as a solution is that if I ha- I'm going to have fears period yeah and I have the courage the bravery to get up and despite my fear do what it is I need to do Yeah. And it might not be nice necessarily. Why not? Might not, be, yeah, not everyone's going to like it. Like when I have the courage to finally say, you know what? I don't even know if it was the courage. I just said no. <laughs> so those two stories, with someone else, I had the courage, but these two stories I mentioned, uh, I just said no. And I was kind of impressed by the retaliation immediately like i'm you know now i'm mad at you for saying no and the other was mad at me for the way i said it it's like you know mm. wow right yeah wow. Wow. Mad. well it it happens all the time right yeah yeah it does it happens all the time and, you know, I'm not saying that I was healthy in these relationships. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think my actions uh, were representative of my needs. You know, I don't think that they, and I don't really think that I knew what my needs were within these friendships. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah. this, the, the conflict that ensued was actually a good wake-up call to start saying, 
hey, what do you need from a friendship? What is a friendship to you? What are the different, because you're going to have different types of friendships with different people. I wasn't, because I defined myself as an extremist, you know, I just let everybody in. When, no, you can't just let everybody in. No, that really wouldn't be sensible. No, it's not. It's not sensible at all. You can't be friends with everybody. No, you can't. Uh, But you can apparently be friends with a lot of people based on the parameters of what you think you can do or handle. And that's what I thought. It's like, well, you know, I can do this. And that's what a friendship was. But I had never really met uh, myself and what my needs were. You know, until my body started falling apart. Um, yeah. And it took, it took a long time, you know, and my, when my body started falling apart, it's like, oh, my God, I need things. I, I need stuff. I need my God. And it, it really was like a, a whole new friendship with myself to find out what I need. Cool. Has that ever happened to you where you found a point where it's like, oh my God, I've never really met myself? Yeah, I'm sure I have. I can't think of a. Yeah, it might not be your journey, but it definitely was yeah, mine. Yeah, but sometimes where... it's that recognition of self. I Especially if I do something that's like, I stand up for myself when normally I wouldn't or something like that. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. That's new. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Does that help? Yeah. I'm just curious to know. I feel like it's such a big topic that we can keep going on about. Um, because there are different ways people will come at things. You know, this is a big one, the people-pleasing aspect. Um, usually it's women who are more amicable. Just if you do the, if you look at the stats on personality tests, uh, you know, tendon befriend is more a feminine or female energy, feminine as well. Makes sense, right? We're the weaker of the species, so usually we'll tend and befriend. Mm. And um, men don't necessarily do that as often. The masculine doesn't do it. Like my masculine doesn't tend and befriend, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, and yet, you know, what's so interesting about females and males is usually the female is more aggressive in a species. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Yeah, and I see it with men too. I mean, we could have those extreme statistics of, you know, men who are, you know, the extremes of society, uh, you know, they beat women, etc. But mostly, I mean, my, uh, you can look up the stats, but in my experience too, men are gentler. <laughs> yeah. They're just much gentler. It's it's easier for a woman to disrupt a man than it is for that's that whole, you know, submit the submissive uh, doormat. You know how much power she has to just overthrow the whole family. Yeah, and she often doesn't like that she did it. 
but it's her own submission, her own cowardice, her own fear, and then finally is fed up with her own cowardice and fear, overthrows the whole family, and then goes, oh, I regret doing it. Yeah, because it was always you to begin with and you to end with, but now you've hurt everyone. Mm. I did it too. I've had two, I had two relationships in my 20s where, you know, I, I was being the doormat and uh, making the relationships perfect and then really just pulling the carpet out from under these men's legs. I'm not saying that, you know, someone else doesn't have the responsibility, but if I'm lying, then I need to sit back and go, well, you're the liar. Mm. You've been lying. Right. This, this is what we don't realize yeah. in the manipulation is if you're, you're afraid and you're too cowardly uh, and you say, it's because I feel guilty, feel guilty. You're also a liar. And I could say you are also a liar because I know I did it. Yeah. And now I might not have been conscious in the moment of why I was going through these habits or, you know, just repeating. I repeated my mother's um, pattern. I did it. Sure, I did that. I repeated it. Mm -hmm. But I knew something was wrong. And there, I, I went, no, there's got to be a better, a better way of doing way. this. Yeah, much, much better way of doing this. And of course, you know, over time, you start going, okay, so what is it that I'm doing? You know, for me, I left my fiance. And then I said, I'm not gonna have a serious relationship till I figure myself out. Whether that was a good conclusion or not? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a really, again, the extremist in me went, Nope, no relationship still. Yeah. I figure it out. And finally figured it out and I figured out, you never figure it out. <laughs> it's like, okay, I want companionship. So then enter, well, hopefully my lifelong relationship now. It's yeah. Many, many years. Feels like it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you can, you can figure out all different ways, but ultimately in a relationship, outside a relationship, it's really looking at, at yourself. And, in, and of course, just to sum up today, I'm just thinking of, okay, we have guilt. If you mm -hmm. really sit with it, guilt is fear plus the cowardice to do anything about it. And you'll have a bunch of excuses. I feel too guilty to say anything. It might hurt the other person, but I've mm -hmm. always done this and now to change it, just it, nobody's going to accept it. These are all just uh, cowardly responses to um, being in service to self. And remember, being in service to self isn't just self-care. It is not just meeting your own needs. It is being in service to self. That is so different. People often hear me say that and I'll hear them say, oh, I need to take care of myself. That's not being in service to self. Mm. That's thinking up and devising ways. You know, oh, if I was in service to self, I'd take care of myself by, you know, getting my hair done. I hear this so often, getting my nails done. Like that, I'll go for a massage. That's, that's body care. So now yeah. you're, you're claiming that your body is the self. It's not. You could cut off your legs and you'll still be, there'll still be a self. Yeah. <laughs> your, body, your body won't be the same. And we know from people who actually lose limbs, 
their level of happiness after a year is the same level of happiness to people who have limbs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so a loss of a body part is it? <laughs> oh, I, I it's not so ideal, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but we are aging. I yeah. mean, my boobies aren't as high up as they were. My skin's <laughs> different. It's got things on it, you know, little sunspots and, you know, these yeah, weird little, little spots. There's some wrinkles and jowls and, yeah, wow, you know, that's like a deformity. I mean, if, you look, if I look back in the past, I'm like deformed now. <laughs> You know, but we're we're constantly changing. If you're identified with the body and the body should remain consistent, well, you're going to do some weird things, aren't you? Yeah. You know, I I just saw an actress who I always thought was really beautiful. Um, I think her name's Femke. She's one of the the um, what's that called? That that <laughs> the, the X Men. She's oh, a, yeah. Jane Grey in the X Men. And I just saw her in a movie. It's quite good. Postcard killers. I like killings. I thought it was really good. But I hardly recognized her. She had transformed her face so much. So yeah. she was just this kind of weird. Uh, it's just weird. It's hard to hard to look at. You know, it's like, wow, you're such a beautiful woman. And you would age so gracefully and beautifully. Even your wrinkles would be beautiful. And yet you did this really strange thing to your face. And hmm. And, yeah, I find and, that weird when people try and, is, try is, and make themselves more beautiful or whatever it is. And, and yeah, yeah. All goes well, it's through. an identification with the body. And I don't yeah. think, you know, I often think they can't see what they've done either. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I can't see yeah. that. I look strange. And then, of course, the world approves of it as well. Like that somebody would put you not that she should lose her career, but she's odd looking. I would put her in a horror movie, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't put her as like the caring wife. You know, it was just it, it, like, I felt more horrified by her than the killers. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> you know, now I don't know if that's just, I know some people don't tell me they don't see those things. I find it. I could, didn't know it was her, by the way. I didn't know it was her. It was Jimmy who, I guess, sees things in less detail. So he, I'm like, yeah, it does look like her. And he goes, no, it is her. I'm like, no. And I, literally, the details, I couldn't recognize her. Even when I, I found out it was her, like I needed the proof, I still couldn't. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see how she looks like that other actress, but it's not. And yet it was. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So we've gone off on tangents, but we'll continue. Yeah. Yes. There's so much to go Explore. through. When it comes to manipulation, guilt, just the basic functioning of this human organism. Mm. Yeah. All right, my love, and bye, everyone, in podcast land. Yes, podcast Hope land. you're enjoying that, <laughs> and we will see you next week.